Better than this, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. Kyle, it is the Ides of November. Welcome. The Ides of November. Just say November 15th. No, look, I got to show my culture and variety when I get the chance, you know? And... You thought the best showcase of your culture to this point was the Ides, to use the word Ides. Yep. <laughs> it's the best okay. I can do. Okay, well, yeah. you know, we're going to roll with it. I appreciate Listen, I, the- I, it shows that I read that one Shakespeare uh, poem or whatever it was that they referenced the Ides of March, you know? Okay. Julius Caesar. Very good. I'm actually impressed. Yeah, man. People don't praise me for my scholastic achievements, but but every once in a while. More importantly, today is not just the Ides of November, Joe. Today is the 23-year anniversary of the release of the movie Space Jam. Really? Yes. (laughs) I feel old, man. 23 years. Here's what we're going to do. ESPN just tweeted out, like, 10 minutes ago. We're going to do this real quick at the top of the show. Yep. Pick you. You have $10 to build your tune squad with Jordan. Okay. Okay. I'm going to DM it to you so you can see it. I got I'm, it. I got you it. You got, got it. it. Okay. Well, I'm going to read the names real quick. Uh, so it's Jordan plus three Looney Tunes and you get $10 to build them. Uh, your $5 players are Lola Bunny, the Tasmanian Devil, and Bill Murray. Your $4 players are Bugs Bunny, Tweety Bird, and Foghorn Leghorn. Your $3 players are Marvin the Martian, Roadrunner, and Pepe Le Pew. Your $2 players are Daffy Duck, Sylvester the Cat, and Elmer Fudd. And your $1 players are Yosemite Sam, Wiley E. Coyote, and Porky Pig. Mm. I you get $10. You, you get $10 to pick three players. I can tell you right now, Porky Pig will never be on my squad. No, he's out. Uh, he's a dollar. So, oh, man. I think I've got, I need, Kyle, I'm at $11 for my optimal lineup. Well, then it's not an optimal lineup then. You got to change it. Oh, this is tough. All right. I got, I got what I'm going with. Okay. What do you got? All right, I got 10, I got $10. I'm going Bugs Bunny for $4. Uh, I'm going Wiley Coyote for $1. Need some oh, you're speed. Going, going to $1. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives me $5. And then I am going with Foghorn Leghorn oh, for power four dollars. S- size in the middle, Kyle. Joe, that, we really that's, wanted nine dollars. I know. I I I have up to ten, right? You, you're have to suppo- exactly you're supposed to, to use ten dollars. Well, I'm only going to use nine. And then you're going to want to get a snack. Yeah, I wanted Roadrunner as my for three dollars instead of Wild Wiley Coyote, but. I still achieve my same speed dynamic that I was looking for. I get my size and foghorn leghorn, and I get the classic Bugs Bunny for four bucks. Yeah, you have to have Bugs on your roster, right? Well, I thought about Lola, right? Because I think there's a lot of qualities that she could bring to the table. 
However, I couldn't make that fit, and I'd rather have bugs for less money. I really wanted to try and get Taz on mine. Too expensive. Yeah, because then you're talking bugs, Taz, and a $1 player. You don't have to pick somebody from every row, right? Like, you could go bugs, Taz, and Wiley Coyote. Yeah, you could do that. Right? Yeah. It's any combination uh, that that is supposed to equate to uh, equate to ten, and then you've chosen to equate to nine. Uh, mine would probably be Bugs, Roadrunner, and Pepe Le Pew. How does Pepe see that does nothing for me? Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, what does he wants, do for you? He, he's a skunk. Nobody wants to get near him. He's going to get wide open yeah. jumpers all day. Can he shoot? Does he have the range? He's smooth. There's a reason why he's a three dollar player, not a one dollar player. What does he do? He does the kissing noises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, give give us at least one impersonation from these guys. I know no, you have one no, in the no, back. No, 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 no. What I want to know yeah, is, you, if, if you were one of these Looney Tunes, which one would you be? I don't know. You've heard my Roadrunner impersonation. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> we'll have to go through the archives and dig that one out. That's about a two-year-old soundbite. What, what was the question? I'm sorry. Which of the Looney Tunes would you be? Uh. By choice, or which one do you think I'm most like? like? If, if you were playing basketball, which one of yeah. the Looney Tunes would you be? I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe Foghorn, Leghorn. Just, I don't know. I you got some size effort. in the middle. Yeah, but I got some more effort. You know, I'm not going to call myself Taz. That's that's aggressive. Um, I don't know. Maybe a mix between the two. Okay. Respect it. Talk football here. I was going to say, do you want to talk about the football game that took place last night? Anyone else still around? (laughs) If you are. (laughs) Is this thing still on? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they played a football game last night, Joe, and everybody's all pissed off because the scuffle that happened at the end of the game. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. I know you you said, you know, you don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it's it's pretty straightforward and self-explanatory. Mason Rudolph should not have kicked Miles Garrett below the belt in the fisticuffs that took place. Mason Rudolph should not have tried to rip Miles Garrett's helmet off. And even though Mason Rudolph might have been in the wrong first, there is absolutely zero excuse to swing a helmet at somebody's exposed head. Period. So I guess what's what's really interesting to me about this whole thing, obviously a bad look, something that I was embarrassed to see last night. If this becomes a legal situation, what type of precedent does that set? I feel like this is really uncharted waters here, potentially, if that's what winds up happening. And, uh, you know, just the whole dynamic of wouldn't Mason have to press charges? Uh, is Miles just going to come back and say he was in self-defense? It gets really, really really complicated and um unfortunately this is where we are this is a situation that has presented these options to us but i really wish that it never happened right it it would be so much easier if cleveland were celebrating a win to move to four and six with the dolphins on deck next week before they play the steelers again and then the Bengals after that so a realistic opportunity to move to seven and six from the position that they were in joe at two and six, potentially yeah. ripping off five straight wins after they beat Buffalo and then they beat Pittsburgh. But I don't see any way Miles Garrett plays the rest of the year. No. Eight seconds left in the game, right, Kyle? Right. Eight seconds. So 
completely takes the wind out of the sails. They should still realistically beat Miami. They're a much more talented team than Miami. They should still beat Cincinnati. So that gets them to six wins. Now, maybe they're six and seven, and and they can piece together a playoff run because I I believe they've got to play the Bengals again. Mm -hmm. Um, Their schedule is super favorite. I think they have the Cardinals mixed in there. Yes, they do. You're absolutely right. They do. And then they have uh, Baltimore, I think, week 17 or week 16. Yeah. So like eight and eight, even without Miles Garrett still on the table, but like this is com- going to completely take the wind out of the sails and, and it's just such an undisciplined football team. And it's been that way all year long. And, and this was really just kind of everything coming to a head of just Cleveland takes no accountability for playing disciplined or, or smart football. They, they're not a smart football team this year, and I think that's a, a reflection of Freddie Kitchens and the leadership that they have there in Cleveland. And I think if, if you get to the end of this season, you know, Cleveland very well may finish with a better record than they had last year. I'm still firing mm-hmm. Freddie Kitchens. Well, it's interesting. I uh, They had 121 uh, penalty yards in this game Thursday night, and it comes uh, a week after they only had four penalties against Buffalo. So just when you kind of thought, all right, well, it's all kind of coming together. Nope, they got back to their sloppy, undisciplined ways. Now, they won the football game, uh, and I think a lot of that came down to the injuries that uh, Pittsburgh had on offense. Yeah. You know, By the end of the game, Juju's out, and uh, James, James Washington's out. out. Mm-hmm. James Connors out. Yeah, I mean, it was just like – and you got Mason Rudolph, who's a really young quarterback, and it's just like, well <laughs> – I, there was no prayer for them to move the football and he's throwing interceptions. So th- they, they found the best of circumstances to get this win. But you know, the overarching concern of this being a sloppy, undisciplined team still exists. Listen, I gotta be honest with you. That was a hard game to watch all around last night. Like never mind the ugly stuff that happened at the end of the game. The game itself was an ugly football game. Cleveland was humming early. The offense died down after they got off their script a little bit. Uh, they kind of thrived off the turnovers. Pittsburgh's offense was one of the ugliest performances I've seen all year long, and I understand to some degree that comes down to, back to the injuries of Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, James Conner. But at the same time, like that doesn't look anything like the offense that that came out in the second half against Miami. And I understand it's it's a that's a very different kind of ball club, but. This offense even looked like it had a lot more life to it when they played Cincinnati earlier in the year. When they played the Colts, I understand they had a defensive touchdown, but at least the offense had some life. There was zero redeeming qualities to Pittsburgh's performance last night from an offensive perspective. Yeah. Um, and it's sad because it's a team that got to five and four right. and was the sixth seed in the playoffs. Well, right? it was- hold on. I wouldn't go so far as to call it sad as the team who owns the Steelers first round pick this year. <laughs> it's a, you needed one of those, man. It's been all your picks have been getting lower and lower. I know. Yeah. Everybody's been <laughs> freaking out in Miami. Oh my God. Oh boy. Pick 16, 28 and 32. Oh my God. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's, uh, not as high as you maybe hope, but uh, all right. So ugly game last night, even for the winning team. Uh it's the 23rd anniversary of Space Jam, which I just put it two and two together there. Uh, 23 is also Michael Jordan's number, so wow. pretty big one here. Yeah. Which, uh, how far did you scroll down in the comments to pick that up? I didn't. I didn't at all. I it was the tab. The tab on my computer said 23 years, and I put it together on my own. 
Um, so we got slated games here. No, I want to get into the Cam Newton stuff that you wrote about. Today. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I put I reached out to you last night and I said, what would you expect the asking price to be for Cam Newton? And I told you what I would expect if I'm Carolina. And you got offended by how rich my cost was. No, I don't know that I had any issue with the cost. It was just, a, I feel like for me, the bear side of this discussion is gross to me. It's just gross. Okay, well, so and, is Mitch. So is wasting a Super Bowl caliber roster with Mitch Trubisky. Man, I, I get. I, I'm going to get myself in trouble with some of these comments, but I, I don't know. I, I just, to me, if you're going to set the tone here, and then let's let's get into the debate. Okay, so I wrote the article last night, and I said, if Chicago and Carolina were to engage in trade conversations to send Cam Newton from the Queen City to the Windy City. What would that trade package look like? How does it end up being a win-win for both teams? And uh, pretty much I framed it as, and looked at some of the the more recent quarterback trades uh, over the course of the past decade for established starting quarterbacks. Joe Flacco is going to be the one everybody points to, but let's be honest, Joe was washed, like way more washed than Cam is, 34 years old, nowhere near the the dynamic or... uh, explosiveness to his game as what you get with a healthy Cam Newton. Cam Newton's four years younger than than Joe Flacco when Joe Flacco was traded for a fourth-round pick. Cam Newton has next year on his contract, so he he has one year on his contract. Um, and some of the case studies that, that I pulled to kind of cite why I would ask what I would ask for from Carolina was uh, Sam Bradford, who was 29 and missed 27 games in the three years prior to getting traded to Minnesota for a first and a fourth. Uh, That was a conditional fourth, could have gotten upgraded as high as a two. Uh, Carson Palmer had threatened to retire at 32 years old in 2011 with the Bengals uh, before he was traded to the Raiders for a first and a second round pick. And the uh, the third one that I had cited was Jay Cutler's trade from Denver to Chicago, which netted Denver two firsts, a third, and Kyle Orton. So it's pretty clear if you're expecting to get a starting quarterback and you're a team that thinks you're ready to compete, there's a premium price to pay. And I'm going to ask myself, if I'm Carolina, why would I send Cam, who's 30, and is going to have 12 months of recovery, including you know, whatever he chooses to do with the, the ligament issue in his foot, he can go under the knife. He can be more than ready for springtime so that when um, mini camps roll around in April, he'll be full bore ahead. And he's had the shoulder issue. He had a sh- procedure for the shoulder issue. And um, now he's going to get 12 months of rest to, to really make sure that the shoulder uh, is fully recovered. So I think there's plenty to sell high here on Cam Newton, who will be 30 years old at the end of the year. I don't have any issues with the perception of what this trade, the terms of the trade should look like. I don't have any issues with the Chicago bears looking to improve their quarterback situation, especially with the rest of the roster. Um, I definitely understand it completely from Carolina's angle. I think they, if they get anything close to these packages, they should send him packing without hesitation. I just have a problem with the bears going this direction. And it really stems from, my lack of belief that Cam's going to be consistently healthy. I know the time timetable exists for that to happen, but this is a, a player that since 2015, the end of 2015, has had two different 
uh, uh, surgeries on his throwing shoulder. And now he has this foot injury that he has no idea what he wants to do with. He has no idea if he's going to get surgery or not. And it, it feels like he's coming from a really weird place, especially the last few years with Cam, with some of his um, just kind of the way he's uh, presented himself at times. And um, I don't know. I don't know where his focus is at. And if I'm giving up a first round pick after I've already given up two to acquire Khalil Mack, I want to feel a lot better about what I'm getting back in return in terms of a consistent player. And I just feel like there's going to be other ways that Chicago can improve their quarterback situation this offseason than going out and giving up all of that for Cam Newton. I'd rather just sign Teddy Bridgewater. I'd rather give a first round pick for Andy Dalton than I would Cam Newton. I just don't have the belief that Cam Newton can sustain himself as a healthy quarterback and be reliable to lead my team forward. And and at at the expense of a first round pick and more, I can't do it. Okay. So let me ask you this because I put, I put together a formal proposal for a trade and you haven't seen it yet. Correct. I mean, I have the article open right now. Have you read it? Don't read it. I've skimmed, I've skimmed it enough. I I mean, I understand. So you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, and, okay. and then think this makes it more reasonable. So Chicago doesn't have a first-round pick. You've already said that. That's that's with the Raiders as part of the Khalil Mack deal. So if I'm Carolina, I'm going to say, Chicago, let's make this work on both of our timetables, and if Cam provides you with the evidence that you need in 2020 that you want to progress with him as your long-term starting quarterback and you want to sign him to a contract extension, then you'll name my price. And in the meantime, I get a return. I'm asking for Chicago's second round pick, which is going to fall somewhere around the 50th pick in the NFL draft. Right. And a 2020 conditional draft selection that could be a third, second, or first, depending on the following stipulations. If Cam Newton starts less than 10 games for the Chicago Bears in 2020 and fails to re-sign with the Bears after 2020 for 2021 and beyond, Chicago sends Carolina a third round pick in 2021. Chicago sends a 2021 second round pick if Cam Newton starts 10 or more games in 2020, but fails to re-sign with the Bears on a long-term contract. And Chicago sends the 2020 first round pick to Carolina if Newton signs a second contract in Chicago to play beyond the 2020 season, regardless of how many games he starts in 2020. I'm fine with that. I think that's, that's the most reasonable approach that you could possibly have to this situation. I don't care. The second round pick next year, that's fine. That's fine. It's worth the risk of potentially having him. And then I think the parameters, yeah, the parameters are fine. Let me ask you this. Would you rather compensation being the same, whether you just sign them outright or you give away the same trade package, would you rather have everything we know, Cam Newton or Andy Dalton? Cam Newton, because I think Cam Newton can carry you to a Super Bowl championship if he's 100%. So that's that's part of nobody's going to debate that Cam Newton isn't a better quarterback than Andy Dalton, but I could trust that Andy Dalton's going to be my quarterback every single week. When you factor the injury component, does that change anything for you? No, because I've got built-in protections where if Cam doesn't start ten games, I'm only giving a third. I'm only coughing up a third round pick. So if you're giving me the exact same trade parameters on both ends for both players I'd rather have the guy with the higher ceiling because I know the injury risk is mitigated by the fact that I've got protections built in based on how many games Cam starts what Cam what Cam Cam do you think 
hypothetically we're going to see in the future. Are we going to see the first eight games of 2018? Is 2015 Cam coming back? Is the every other year bad Cam coming back? Yeah, I don't think I don't think you'll see 2015 Cam again. Right? It's a pretty special no. year. Carolina went 15 and one, went to the Super Bowl. Cam was superhuman. But I mean, the dude averages between passing between passing and rushing yards. He's averaging 4,200 yards per season and averaging 30 touchdowns per season between passing and rushing touchdowns. Average. I understand 2018 was a down year because he was terrible in the second half of the year because he was hurt. But it wasn't really all that long ago, and he's 30 years old. I think you can get... I'd rather have him than Jameis Winston, and I'd rather have him than Teddy Bridgewater, and I'd rather have him than Andy Dalton. Is there something about, so I know that we're talking, it's a popular talking point, Cam Newton to Chicago. Is there something about Cam Newton's fit with Matt Nagy, or is it about opportunity and availability that makes this a conversation right now? I think it's a little bit of both for me. Um, I think you look back at what Chicago did so much with Trubisky last year, in which they used his legs as a weapon, and uh, maybe not in the same traditional way that you saw Carolina do a lot of QB power and use Cam as the short yardage guy, but you still got him off his spot. You still had him rolling. You had him doing kind of RPO slash zone read type stuff. I think Cam, the athlete is still certainly capable of doing that provided the, the, the health of the foot is there, but I don't want to use Cam Newton to ram the ball in the a gaps 15 times a game, like Carolina did for so long. So I, I think the athleticism perspective certainly lends itself favorably to what Matt Nagy did last year. I don't know why Chicago's not doing it this year. I wish I had an answer. But they've completely gotten away from that redeeming quality of Mitch Trubisky's game, it feels like. And then you consider some of the personnel that Chicago has specifically with Allen Robinson, and I'm really excited about the potential of Cam. Let me ask you this. Name the three best receivers Cam Newton's played with in Carolina. Uh, Steve Smith. Okay. And that's where, that's where I stopped. Well, no, I mean, is Greg Olson's not part of that. No receivers. See, I think that's where he. I think that's where he makes up the ground, is because he's had good running backs. He's always. I mean, it's been James Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, tight end. I mean that. I mean, other than that, it's been like Devin Funches, Kelvin Benjamin, um, and the young players he has now. Ted Ginn was a good player for him. I think Chicago's skill players would would be some of the best Cam's ever seen, aside of Steve Smith. Sure, what and he has in, right now, and, yeah. and not including Greg Olson because I'm talking specifically the wide receiver position. I have a very sour taste in my mouth for probably the last 10 times I've seen Cam Newton play football. Yeah, he's been hurt the whole time. And, he, and so it's it's hard for me, right? Like, I see a guy that can't move. I see a guy that can't throw. And that seems pretty freaking important to playing quarterback. <laughs> you know? This guy's yeah. entire career has been based on physical traits. I hear you. I don't believe he's – I don't think he's a guy that's going to be able to overcome – that when the physical traits decline, I don't think he's going to be a guy that overcomes it. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What do you think of the Miami Dolphins trade for Josh Rosen? I liked it. Okay. 
It was for a two and a five. Yeah. If Cam Newton, if you want to take the lottery ticket, which is effectively what the Josh Rosen deal was for Miami, if you want to take the lottery ticket with a Super Bowl-ready team, that Cam Newton with 11 months of rest might get you there. And if he gets hurt and doesn't work out, you give up a two and a three versus Miami trading a two and a five for a lottery ticket on Josh Rosen. I'm fine with all of that. I just want to make sure there's not better chances. Okay. And who's the better? Or sure you, you want to take the safer option. You don't want to take the better option. Yeah. You want to take, yeah, the, want safer to take the safer option. Absolutely. Safer doesn't win you a Super Bowl. Cam Newton doesn't win you a Super Bowl. If he's healthy, he might on this team. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think I get more interested in in the other other options, man. I it, really do. Th- listen, I have not done a poll with you in a really long time because I'm so used to the cons- conspiracy of our <laughs> listeners to just vote against me no matter what my stance is. Yeah. But I'm confident if we took the poll and put it on social, which quarterback would you rather have for Chicago in 2020? Cam Newton or your quarterback of choice that's going to be on the market? They would pick Cam Newton. I agree. There's a lot of popularity there. And there's I think there's a lot of missing context. Well, that went over like a fart in church. No, I, I think was getting, Cam, I was Cam ready to write up the poll, and you said, "Yeah, you're no, right," because people Cam, people are ignorant. <laughs> I think there's. I think maybe other people are more inclined to believe that Cam is going to get healthy. All right. Well, I don't. Let's do a quick turbo round of the games today or this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's super turbo. Super like we'll, we'll be done in five minutes. Super turbo. Yeah. So if you're doing your cardio, just hit another five minutes. <laughs> we'll be done. So this, we're we're in week eleven, right? We've seen that we've correctly we correctly picked before the season that the Browns were going to beat the Steelers. Joe, wow, lock it in. Got that. Thursday night football at home. You always go with the home team. Always man. go with the home team. But yeah. I but never really bet on Thursday night games. So here's what I want you to do. I want word association. I'm going to read through the games for you. Oh wow, this is different okay yeah yeah see the spontaneity is good jaguars coming off the bye at the colts um critical critical for both teams in playoff positioning correct yeah got gotta have it both teams have to win uh i believe jacoby Brissett is back so i think the colts do win this game at home because it is it's at indy yeah yeah i'm gonna have to be careful not to use critical uh seven more times okay well (laughs) okay yeah bill's at Dolphins. I can only use one word? Yeah, trap. You said trap? It's a trap game. For Miami? For Buffalo. Please. Um, fearless is the word. And why? Because that's uh, Coach McDermott's message to Josh Allen this week oh, is to play, play fearless. fearless. Play fearless. Wake up. Get you. It's time to blend... The those dynamic throws and runs that we saw at the end of 2018 with the efficient Josh um, minus turnovers. And, and so uh, it's it's time for that to happen. Do you think that will happen? Or do you think we'll get hiccups in this game because he's trying to find that balance? <laughs> there's going to there's always going to be hiccups. Yeah. It's just you need to keep them, keep them to a minimum. OK, uh, Texans coming off the bye at Baltimore. Can't use critical. 
uh, dynamic. You got two. I mean, that's if you want to watch the quarterback matchup of the week, that's the one you want to watch. Very, very critical for um, playoff positioning and seed. Yeah, that could be the, the number two seed in the playoffs the, could be determined by that game. I was going to say, this probably, if Baltimore wins, Texans are not getting a bye because they'll fall to six and four. Baltimore will be eight and two yeah. and have a head-to-head tie. With the tie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Raiders hosting the Bengals. <laughs> Slow linebackers. Upset. <laughs> you, you think the Bengals win? I think they got a chance. They're going to go to Oakland and win. Listen, the Raiders are do, do not strike me as the kind of team that's going to avoid drinking the Kool-Aid. They're an 11-point favorite in this game. I understand that. All the more reason for them to drink the Kool-Aid. John, you think John's not going to have these guys ready to play, man? I don't know. I, I know they, they had a short or a long week because they're coming off a Thursday night win against the Chargers. I think the Raiders win that game. You think the Raiders win this game? I think Raiders... Yeah are the favorite to win the game, but I think Bengals are a reasonable upset. Okay, now we have the Chargers hosting the Chiefs in Mexico City. Injured. That's the word that comes yes. to mind. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> um, Redskins at home coming off the bye, hosting the Jets. Bad. Avoid. Do not watch. So, unless you're a Jets or a Redskins <laughs> fan, you're going to want to keep your eyes somewhere else that, for that one. That's a bad game. Vikings hosting the Broncos, who are coming off the bye. Interesting. Vikings are an interesting team for me. Right, they're 7-3 right now. They beat some quality teams, and um, yeah, I think they have some momentum. I think they're a little bit slept on as one of the better teams in the league. If Minnesota can get the ground game cooking against Denver... Well, that's going to be fun because I think Denver's got a top 10 defense. That's what I mean. Like Dal- yeah. Dalvin Cook's been like the best running back in football. Like low-key, the best running back in football this year in terms of receiving and rushing production. Okay. Saints visiting Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, blunders. I don't know. You see this stat like Tampa Bay plays the most exciting football games every week. Because they're like always like cardiac situations. Yeah, they they can make really big plays, but have like the biggest blunders you've ever seen. So I don't know. Like it's they're fascinating to me. And, and Saints, the Saints are coming off that loss to the Falcons. Man, you know they're all kinds of pissed off. Drew Brees, first time ever at home, he didn't score ten points. I I don't. I would not want to be the Bucks. This I was going to say bloodbath is my word of choice yeah. for this game. That's good. That's good. Cowboys visiting Detroit to play, I believe, the Matt Stafford list Lions. I think about a ledge. Imagine if imagine if Dallas loses this game. Oh my goodness. They get to 500. The world will melt down. Because let's be honest, <laughs> Dallas should have had Minnesota last week. <laughs> Cowboys Twitter is, is is sensational. Never disappoints. And they need this one because their next five. Are Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams, Eagles. That's tough. That's a tough stretch. Which reasonable football teams the rest of the way. Yes. And then Even they play Washington Detroit. Week 17. So, I mean, <laughs> it's critical that, that, that Dallas take care of your shit. Win the game. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're going to have to win the East, right? The, Brother, the East is not producing a wild card, No. Right? The, I mean, you've got Green Bay and Minnesota, and then you've got the Seahawks and the 49ers. The Seahawks are a playoff or a wild card team at eight and two right now. 
So if you finish the season with 10 wins, you're not making the playoffs in the NFC. Nope. We predicted this though before the season. We had like an 11 win team. We, we, had, Dallas, we had Dallas at 11 and 5 missing the playoffs. <laughs> right. It's kind of what we talked about. Yep. Yeah. We just got some of the teams wrong, but that's okay. Right. Um, <laughs> Falcons at Panthers. Ooh. Um, Shootout. possible um i always love the bradbury julio matchup yeah that's always a fun one yeah um i don't know i I don't have a great word for you i'm interested to see what the falcon how the falcons respond to their win uh over saints how does carolina come back home and play you know after they lost to green bay and kind of a do or die situation so a lot of urgency in this one urgency that's a good one good word not the same thing as critical. Uh, San Francisco 49ers hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Um, measuring stick. Well, and here's the thing about this game that's interesting to me. San Francisco might be missing George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders in this game. Uh, they'll definitely be without Kittle, right? Yeah. yeah. So Sanders. Yeah. Be tough. Um, Really unique offenses, right? Both teams. Yes. So uh, it's I'm fascinated to kind of see how 49ers front seven, how that impacts Cliff Kingsbury style of play. Because if, I mean, that that could be something that either Arizona is able to overcome by scheme or it's such a problem that the Cardinals are going to be staring at the 49ers for a long time. We have the Rams hosting the Bears. Man, you see this Rams offensive line? Yeah. We're going to have like Bobby Evans and, and David Edwards starting on the right side, the right right guard, right tackle, Austin Blythe, Austin Corbett. I mean, like I think there's three of their five starting offensive linemen that have like less than four starts. And then Austin Blythe and, and Andrew Whitworth against the Bears defensive line. <laughs> ugly. That game's going to be ugly. And? Let me ask you this, because this is what we talked about with uh, the Houston Texans. The Rams are kind of maxed out now. You know, they, they've been aggressive. They, they traded their next two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. They don't have a first-round pick in either in the next two years, which means where is your opportunity to get high-quality offensive linemen in an offensive lineman-starved league? When you're up against a salary cap and you don't have high end draft picks. It's a problem, man. It's, it's a, gonna be a real problem. It's a dangerous slope. And it seemed like the Rams went all in everywhere else and chose to neglect an offensive line that had a thirty eight year old Andrew Whitworth playing left tackle. Yeah. I mean you're paying golf a ton of money, you're paying Woods, uh Cooks, Gurley, Donald And Gur- and Gurley's looks like he's toast. You could have th- two or three starting caliber offensive linemen for what you're paying early. Yeah. You got to do what the, I think, I think what teams with offensive line problems have is they need to do a, what Buffalo did this offseason. Sign everybody to, to Sign mid, middle tier, middle tiers contract. Sign them all. <laughs> Sign every damn one of them <laughs> and figure out which five you need to play. Legit, and the Bills don't have a dominant offensive line, but they have at least an average. Offense. They legit uh, sign nine, eight. 
Uh, <clears throat> seven unrestricted free agents and drafted. Um, drafted Cody Ford. Yeah. So eight. Eight new bodies. And they wind up. Point. What's fascinating, though, is they also traded away guys they were going to cut in Wyatt Teller and Russell Bodine and, right. and retrieved three draft picks for those players. Yep. It's a great strategy. Fifth and sixth round picks. Great strategy. Yeah. It's a way to do it. Joe, last game of the week. It is the heavy hitter. Both teams coming off the bye. The Patriots visiting Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Go Birds. Go Birds. It's the only, <laughs> it's the only word association you need. Go Birds. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Dudes. Come back and see us again on Monday. We're going to recap all the, the weekend action in college and pro. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Let us know what your Toon Squad looks like for Space Jam. Let us know who you would like to see be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year at the Joe Marino at Grinding the Tape. Talk with you guys on Monday. Enjoy the weekend of football ahead.